Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly Podcast. My name is Chris. I am your host. Have you missed us? Because we've missed you, dear listener. We are back for the new season. Can you believe it's season 23-24? Where does the time go? It feels like only yesterday that we were wrapping up the end of the season uh, where PSG once again triumphed in Liga. And here we all are again with new players, new coaches, new kits. Had to mention kits, of course I did. Uh, Uh, (laughs) New new everything except you, me and Jez, Phil. So uh, how are you doing, Phil? You're right. I am am well. I am well. I've been um, uh, dealing with a slightly different sleep schedule due to the Women's World Cup. I'm confused. My cat is confused. It's been uh, tricky, but at least not as tricky for our American friends who have been uh, getting up at stupid o'clock to watch watch matches. So, yeah, that's been a little bit of a, a crimp in my normal summer routine. Absolutely. It's good preparation, isn't it? Because it isn't the next World Cup in Mexico. Uh, Men's World Cup is in Mexico and Canada and US, isn't it, in three years' time? So we're just getting you into training. It's mostly in the US. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we're just getting our training in ahead of time. Um, So we should say just before we sort of get underway as such, um, Jez will be joining us a little bit later on in the podcast because we're recording this during the day. So once he's done with the the dreaded work meetings, you will hear him slide in the back door and I will, of course, bring him in when he's with us. But um, before he arrives, we're we're actually going to start with the Women's World Cup, Phil. And I'm going to lean on you heavily because I've had a football purge over the summer. I have not watched anything at all, barring a couple of pre-season Arsenal highlights of friendlies and a little bit of Lorient, but that's it. So tell us what's been going on. I, I do know that the favourites have gone. That's pretty much all I can tell you. Oh, and I know France are through, but uh, over to you, what's been happening? It's This is the first time that it's been a 32-team tournament, and some people were like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And a lot of the smaller teams seem to have taken that on board and gone, nope, uh, because we've had some very, very... Uh, unexpected results and some really good games. Now, we'll focus on France, obviously, and their first game, a goalless draw against Jamaica, was one of those surprises. I mean, it was not what they were expecting to happen, and it wasn't just that Jamaica were being really well-organised defensively and... um, robust in midfield and cutting off the wing angles and everything. It was, as Gibney mentioned, about 15 minutes into the game. Where have France gone? Where is the usual crisp passing game? Where is the, um, you know, the look forward? It was, they looked really, really out of sorts. And I was hoping this was just, you know, kind of butterflies and they organise themselves, pull it together for the second half, but they didn't. And it was kind of really worrying. And what was more worrying was that Brazil, who were in their group, uh, put full past Panama, kind of sashaying around the pitch with that kind of joyful Yoga Benita uh, style. And it was like, oh, shit, because they look really on their game and France looked really off it. 
And then the second game was France-Brazil. And I don't know how they did it, but it was really a very different uh, kind of attitude from them. They went out and um, scored inside 20 minutes, who uh, usually Lozoma, um, went in at halftime, won their luck. Dabinia got one uh, in the second half, but then Wendy Renner, uh, the defender who is just an attacker, he starts from further away, got the winner in the 83rd minute. And this was a much, as you'd expect, tighter game. Both teams' pass accuracy, like, dropped from their average because they were both kind of messing each other up by getting into the tackles and pressing. It was, I think, a slight, um, slightly unexpected, at least for me, after watching the first two games. But France taking the three points there was very impressive. And then on that, they went into the last game against Panama. And there was another nervy moment because uh, Marta Cox of Panama scored inside two minutes one of the best free kicks I think I've ever seen it. Have you seen it, Chris? You must at least have been on Twitter and seen seen it. It was, it curled, it went over the wall into the, it was glorious. I haven't seen, I've heard. (laughs) I I heard people saying about a Panama goal, but I I genuinely haven't seen it yet. I will look it up. The thing is that Wendy Renard, um, I think, picked up a knock in or after the Jamaica game, played through it against Brazil, so was arrested for the third game, along with a couple of players who picked up yellow cards to make sure they got out of the group without, you know, uh, getting themselves a ban. And if Wendy had been in that wall, I'm not sure that would have worked, but she wasn't, so it did. It was brilliant. And then France, instead of collapsing, which was my fear, went right. It was like Panama, you have just made them angry. And then Lacra, uh, a Montpellier defender, got um, got the equaliser about 20 minutes. Um, Kadidiatu uh, Diani got three. Two of them for the penalty spot. Uh, Legarrick scored and Becho scored in the 90 plus 10th minute. I'm not entirely sure how you say that now, but I think that was her debut goal. So that was great. Six of France. What could be slightly concerning is that Panama did get two in the second half to make it 6-3. So a fabulously entertaining game for the neutral. Slightly concerning for... Um, France in that, you know, Panama did manage to put three past them, one of which was also a penalty. It was a slightly um, boisterous game with a referee who was taking no shit from anyone. But that meant that um, France went out top of the group with Jamaica um, taking second spot after beating Panama and drawing with Brazil on the final day. So Brazil out. Big shock, um, but Jamaica really deserved it. And if you did watch their game against uh, Colombia in the round of 16, I mean, that was kind of gutting. But Colombia have also been excellent and you know done their thing um, uh, in relation to was it Germany. They had a hand in Germany going out, didn't they? So it's been there's been a lot of 
good team going out. So France's round of 16 game was against Morocco. They won that 4-0 and really, I think we saw it in Morocco's first game, which was against Germany, where they got beaten 6-0, that Morocco are going to go out and play their game. And that's wonderful that... uh, Reno Pedros is sticking to his principles, but possibly not the best idea when you're playing some of the best teams in the world. Um, So they did really well in the other two group games to get through. But if you're going to play that open against Germany or France, then you're going to get you're going to get beaten. And there we have Diani with the opener, Dali with the second, and uh, usually Lozano with another two, and. I mean, they bossed again, 75% possession, which they had almost that in the first and third group games. But the passing was so much better. Morocco did their best, but they were not um, sent out to defend. And I think you kind of have to in these situations. Uh, one thing that's, um, that should be mentioned is that Noaila Benzina, um, one of the Morocco centre-backs, is the first woman to play in a hijab, in an uh, um, Islamic uh, head covering in a senior World Cup ever. And this may have seen has been made a lot of, obviously, on social media. It's particularly important because in France, of course, the Football Federation uh, bans women from playing in head coverings um, in any organised competition. We spoke about it at the end of last season about a couple of uh, regional cup games actually being null and void because teams wouldn't play if their players weren't allowed to play. So if you want to know more about that situation, Shirin Ahmed on Twitter is your go-to woman. She has written about uh, written about this from the point of view of the French Federation League and it's a difficult situation it can be a frustrating read but we have now seen a hijabi at a senior world cup and you know that's something that should be noted when we're on the football for all tip but just not letting them wear the armbands that actually speak so we move on quarterfinal is against australia saturday morning at stupid o'clock um and that means, oh, that's not the stupid time. That's just early. Um, so that means if France have to progress, they have to be the bad girls. Because yeah. Australia, obviously, are the co-hosts. New Zealand went out in the group stage. And so that could be a very, very interesting game because I think the crowd will definitely be the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th person uh, supporting the Matildas, but France should be able to get through that, but it should be a really good game. I, um, no, I know obviously sort of Sam Kerr is the is uh-huh. the player, isn't she, of, of, of Australia? I believe they've had a camp, Sam Kerr calf watch yeah. on Australian news because she, she was injured. She did manage to come back um, for uh, a I don't think she played the whole game in the 2-0 win against Denmark. Um, so that sets up a very interesting, uh, very interesting matchup there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we will rely on you to keep us uh, up to date 
this time next week as to how that one goes and um, taking injured players to World Cups, hoping they'll be fit. Uh, I'm sure that's worked before. I no, think no, she no. got injured when she was there. Yeah, she? she did in fairness. Yeah, yeah. It's just you, you always hear, don't you, when you, I think we had it with Benzema, didn't we, in the last World Cup? And it was like, you know, shall we, shall we not? And I always think it's a risk if there's any doubt, even if it's an injury in or before the tournament. But yes, we shall. Um, we shall see how that goes. Uh, if you live in England, of course, the World Cup is already won because um, that's how the media works over here. So, Well, we're Good on time. the same side of the draw as France. Mm. But yeah. I happen to think after watching England struggle badly against Nigeria that they're going to struggle badly against Colombia as well. So that one, um, which is also on Saturday, should be, a, should be an interesting event as well. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you for thank you for uh, keeping us up to date, because as I say, I have been useless at anything this summer. Um, but what I am quite good at is uh, hopefully hosting a show and uh, introducing guests, which I'm going to do right now, because uh, joining us from a packed schedule on this uh, fabulously overcast Wednesday afternoon is Mr. Jeremy Smith. Jez, how are you doing? And uh, welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm not too bad, thanks. Good, Reminds good. Australia beat France in a pre-World Cup. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, omens, omens. Don't put the kibosh on it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we will be keeping across that, as I say, um, by this time next week. We will know, I presume we'll know the semi-finalists by this time next week. So, um, or is it, is it, it, it doesn't end this week, does it, Phil? Am I right to say? No. It is next so week. Okay. Friday, Saturday are the quarterfinals and then the semi-finals are Tuesday, Wednesday. Excellent timing. So we'll be able to tell you what happens this time next week. Super stuff. Right. Uh, we are now going to spend the next uh, roughly sort of hour or so talking about the new Liga season, because, as I said in the intro, just a mere few weeks, it seems, down the line, um, we're back with a whole new league, a whole new system. There's some new rules, there's some new coaches, some new players, all sorts of newness. Um, and good for you, Jez. Uh, we should kick it straight off by saying Mets will be part of Liga this season after I think we, we sort of covered what was going on with the, the whole affair at the end of the season with, with sort of uh, the incident between Bordeaux um, in, in Ligue 2 and how their promotion was going to go. Then it was on, then it was off. Eventually Mets are in Liga for the new season. I want to start our preview by... I want to start from bottom up, actually, because I have a feeling at the top we're going to have a fair bit to discuss if you know where I'm going with that. So um, let me start with you with you then, Jez. The two teams coming up are your beloved Mets and Love, who eventually run out league de winners. What's the expectations for yourself as a Mets fan and indeed for your fellow promoted sides? Like, is it going to be a case of last two up, uh, first two down? Or are you quietly confident? Because we should... Remind our listeners that it's 18 teams this season in Liga. We lost two extra last year, so we're down from 20 to 18. What's your thoughts, Jez, and uh, business-wise? I think Mets have brought in, I think it's five in the pre-season. How are you feeling? Um, usual. <laughs> uh, I mean, first of all, usual in terms of there's no point really making too many predictions until the transfer window closes. I mean, yeah. Messes or League does top scorer and player of the season last year is still at mess. I will be shocked if he's still there this time next month. So, you know, a lot turns on that. 
Um, I don't think the business we've bu- we've done has been too bad, but um, as usual, there's there's not really many kind of. I was going to say that there's not many kind of top flight stalwarts. I mean, we we brought in Maxine Connor from Birmingham, who at least has got a lot of experience, and um, you know, it's certainly fair to say that the championship is a a, a very uh, competitive, high quality division. So I think he could be another a decent piece of business in terms of defensive experience alongside the likes of um, Traore. Other than that, we sort of brought in a couple of unknowns. We've got, um, obviously, our sort of generation foot intake. And one of them, the there's two two Sanes, two players called Sané, and the, the forward one looks quite exciting. Um We've also brought in another centre forward from our sister club in Belgium, and they're all just unknown quantities. You know, it is a big step up to top flight of of one of the top five leagues, and I think that's often been the issue before with Mess. You know, we often seem to scrape to promotion thanks to some important goals from a goal scorer who can do the business in in league dirt, and then we either sell that goal scorer or. He isn't sort of up to the step up, or he gets injured after six matches. Um, so yeah, I think it all turns on that. I th- you know, said it before. I think having a reliable goal scorer can sort of hide a lot of other ills, and that could be the case this year. Um, I think it's a nice setup. We're unbeaten since October. We're unbeaten in pre-season, although we haven't exactly picked p- particularly strenuous opponents. Um, so there's a relatively feel-good factor, but it still feels like the promotion last year was a bit of an unexpected bonus, and we're probably already planning our promotion push for next season. <laughs> and and Love, kind of similar situation that you know their their whole obviously project and has been for years is is bringing through quality young players. The players they've brought in are not necessarily the most stellar names. And then they've lost a couple of important players as well. And so I think for both teams, the, the priority has to be just try to survive by by any means. Um, and then sort of, you know, try to build up a bit of experience, a bit of comfort and confidence of being in, in Ligue 1 over more than one season and then sort of see where you can take it from there. But for the first season, I think it's got to be about survival. Yeah, yeah, agree on both both sides. Um, oldest coach in Liga, I believe, Bonini. Am I right in saying this? I think he's seventy for for Mets. So that'll be uh, interesting to see how he gets mm, on. Definitely not young. I mean, he's had ex- success with Messi's rivals Mossy, but a very long time ago, he yeah. was. I mean, to give him to give an idea of how long he's been going, I think he possibly gave Cristiano Ronaldo his debut at Sporting. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But can't complain with what he did last year. No, so no, not at all. Not a particularly positive start to to kind of go on that long unbeaten run. As you know, we relied a little bit on teams like Bordeaux, Social, crashing and burning, but still, you, you you do what you can do, don't you? You look after your own results at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and on the other end of the speak, uh, other other end of the spectrum, Luca Els, uh, Els, Elsner. Is the coach of Love? He's forty-one, so uh, quite at the other end of his managerial uh, experience. Um, it's two signings. This well, you, used to be, you'd say, a player was younger than you. Now it's <laughs> managers are younger than me. I don't like it. 
Mm. Or wait till we get to lose. (laughs) (laughs) They they've gone full, rip the book up and start over. But we'll we'll check in on them in a second. Um, One good signing, actually, I think they've pulled out. I'm dipping into my big book of hipsterism here, but um, Delia Kuzayev um, from Zenit St. Petersburg, and he's costing about 10 million euros experience central midfielder Russian. I think that's a pretty good pickup. And I also noticed they picked up uh, Salmier from Troyes, which is also looks like a good piece of free business. But as you said, Jez, with regards to Mets, it seems it seems like that Mikkel Tudze um, uh, position, that, that seems to be the the key thing if he goes how much does he go for and how many players can Mets bring in to to replace him we shall see Phil I want to group three clubs together for our next part of a preview and those um, from the table leading upwards from last season uh, Stade Brestois uh, Strasbourg uh, quite a lot to talk about with them and FC Nantes probably similarly um First and, and foremost, Strasbourg have got a new coach, uh, young chap called Patrick Vieira. Some people might have heard of him. Um, they also have new management uh, in terms of the, the Chelsea group, if you will, or the group who owns Chelsea, and seem to be picking up a few uh, players on loan from Chelsea. Strasbourg, first of all, what do you make of all that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shocking. But what, is it? Do you think it's a recipe for success, this link-up? I mean, Chelsea obviously got a lot of money and... Vieira, for all his, you know, it didn't really work out at Palace, but mixed reports on what he did at Nice. But do you feel like Strasbourg might be the right fit for him, like a, a slightly smaller club, but with such a, a a rich reputation in the past? And maybe this is a chance to rebuild his, his manager. Smaller than Palace? Well, no, I, I mean, you know, as in like smaller profile of club. Can't that... get smaller than Palace. <laughs> I've poked the bear there, haven't I? In France... We have to talk about we're what 20 minutes into the first pod and we're talking about money. Um, Yeah, sadly, more to come. I think, given the financial distribution um, in Liga, this isn't going to send Strasbourg shooting up the table, but being able to have a bit of money. Um, if they spend it well, and you'd imagine that some of this new management has, has involved sending accountants over, um, could could make them safe. Because I think we were slightly surprised that last season went the way it did. But uh, it is not promising that... Um, I'm looking at their transfers now, and one of their arrivals from Chelsea on loan is simply listed as Angelo Two. And I wonder what Angelo. I wonder how good Angelo One was. That's my the number two. I just. <laughs> I think he's Brazilian, yeah. isn't he? I think he's. Is he? I think he's Brazilian. I did see the transfer, but yeah, I I know little about him. I'll be honest. Yeah, but they've they've picked up a couple of players for kind of more money than you'd expect them to normally pay by the looks of things. I'm, again, using the keep so other possibly more accurate lists are available. But they've played, uh, paid $3 million for Sal, who is good, uh, $12 million for Omega from Sturm Graz and $20 million from Silla from Club Rouge. So that suggests that the... Um, 
Chelsea-Belgian uh, connection is also being used here. So mm. that's the kind of money you wouldn't normally see of a club of Strasbourg size. Lukaku's coming in next. <laughs> so <laughs> I, Only to leave yeah. and then join the rivals halfway through the season, I would imagine, yeah. Sorry, carry on, Phil. So, yeah, it's... um. It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. If it's mm-hmm. done sensibly, then expect them to be mid-table and fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if it isn't, then who knows what kind of weirdness will result from Strasbourg having to build a, a second changing room to fit all the players in. So... Yeah. Who knows at this stage? As Jess says, until the end of the window, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a gamble. And this is maybe they've got everything sorted early because they had the money and they didn't have to wait for money to come in from player sales. But, you know, one thing uh, to note is that Maxime Le Marchand has apparently yeah, retired. Mm, yeah, oh. former Fulham as well. Yeah, I remember him. And they've also parted ways with their uh, former long-standing captain, Dimitri Leonard, who's 35. I think he's gone to Bastia. Yeah. Um, and Alexandre Giku, who's gone to Fenerbahce. So that's quite a, a fairly sizable outgoing. So they may end up with Montpellier's finest, Eli Wahi, by the end of this transfer window, if Chelsea do indeed. Well, yeah, that's, that's the weird thing about mm. this new relationship. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he would go to Chelsea if he knew he was going to come back to Strasbourg. Yeah, I think Eintracht Frankfurt also interested in him, and they can probably guarantee him actual minutes at the club he signed for. And especially if they get the feeling from him that that might be more what he's about. Yeah, well, especially because Colin Wani is being linked with PSG, as is everyone exactly. at the moment. So Frankfurt are looking on. for people to replace him. Yeah, and makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? And they they would have the money then, and of course the French centre forward in in the past. Um, absolutely. Just a quick note on uh, Nantes and um, Brest, as I say, Nantes have Pierre Astouy as their new coach. Um, three months into the job. Uh, so good luck to him because who knows what could happen at not. Eric Waugh remains in charge at, uh, at Brest. Um, just looking very briefly at their business, Meandy Dolores um, has uh, he like, hasn't he gone to hasn't he gone to um, yeah listed uh, about five times Qatar the, I think I believe he's on gone the list, to. but then he's come back from somewhere. Well, he's I, listed as arriving to Nantes. Yeah, I, I, think but... he, I think he went back to Nice and then got sold on kind of thing, end of loan deal. I believe yeah. he's gone over to Qatar. Mm-hmm. Nantes' business look, looks a bit ropey. And, of course, they have lo- lost Ludovic Blas, who we'll probably come on to when we talk about Ren. Uh, and then as for, for Brest, I, I sort of feel like they're going to be, again, in the struggle struggle bus. Jonas Martin has, has moved on from, from them. Um, they haven't really done a lot of business. Do, do we feel like... This is going to be another season where the likes of Brest and Nantes are going to be down in those relegation spots or fighting for their lives because I, I kind of worry about both of these two ahead of the new season. Yeah, Nantes, I do have worries about Brest. I was less concerned, but you know they've lost on a lot. Lost a lot, haven't they? Look at this. Borussia Mönchengladbach, and what I think is 
concerning is they've lost um, players who were important for them in keeping everything organised. Mm. And uh, so that's a slightly concerning thing. But a lot of the, the losses were loan returns who mm. have gone back to Saint-Étienne, Bordeaux, etc. So, yeah, it's a... I, I can't see them pulling up any trees either. So that's going to be another interesting one. And particularly with a new, uh, you know, they've still got the same coach. Are they going to try to play the same way? Because I think we've always liked the way they played. Yeah. Just wasn't always necessarily you know, the smartest thing to do in certain matches. So building a new stadium as well so they would want to try and retain their league and status before that move happens i think next summer so um yeah big season ahead there and they've lost their talisman frank honora who's gone to germany with Borussia mönchengladbach so that is definitely a slot in the uh, in the bad column um let's move on to a couple of other teams then uh, jez i'm going to rope in another three for you i'm going to leave out one pellier just because i'm sure phil can give us a lowdown there but jez i want to want to throw toulouse uh, Ras and Lorient at you. Um, Toulouse probably is the one we have to start with, isn't it? A new new coach in Carlos Martinez, who I don't believe has coached before. I think he's an ex-Barcelona um, backroom staff member. I believe he was at Toulouse last season, but was something like the, I don't know, head of economics or something. He was well, in the he background. Was, he was made assistant coach halfway through the season, but you get the feeling that it was this is all sort of arranged wasn't it um, yeah yeah because they parted with Montagne of course and we reported on that I think in the last podcast of the season that was all a bit of a well let's put it put it bluntly a shit show um but Martinez has, has come in he's a 39 year old coach Toulouse again strike me as one of those clubs they had that brilliant cup win last season looking at their business there's a lot of players that hand on heart I don't know a lot about I know Caceres Jr from uh New York Red Bulls I've seen a bit of him he he's not a bad addition in midfield but they've lost a couple of very good players. Probably the biggest one of the lot is Stane Spearings, who's replaced Fafana at, at Lance. Just looking at Toulouse, first of all, before we touch on those other two, again, are they going to be in this sort of nonsense and uh, breast bracket of a team that struggled this season, do you think, with those outgoings in particular? I'm worried about them. I think, um, mm. I mean, they had a very good friendly result the other day. They beat Roma. They did, yeah. It's all that, Extra yeah. points for beating the Mourinho team. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you look at those players that have left, Spearings, De, De Jagera, however you pronounce it. Glad oh, Van den Boomen as well, I forgot, sorry. Van, Van den Boomen, Boomen that was big up on the um, assist chart. Yeah. That's basically, and Maxime Dupe as well has gone. That's basically their midfield of yeah. the last yeah. years, which sort of got them promoted, got them the cup. Um, yeah, they're big losses. Healy has yeah, left yeah. and he missed out the whole of last season because of injury, unfortunately. But, you know, obviously that was someone that they could, in theory, have hopefully relied on for, for a few goals. So there's a lot of unknowns there on the pitch, on the bench. And, you know, you sort of have to kind of, on recent experience, have to have faith in their... Uh, stats-based or whatever um, scouting system, which which has paid very good dividends the last couple of years. But I just feel, I mean, in the same way as as for Strasbourg to an extent, for, for Brest as well, 
the sort of Angers effect of last year. You lose a whole midfield, very experienced, very talented midfield in one go. That's not easy to to replace. And even if um, you know the, the replacements sort of turn out to be quality players, it, it could take a while for them to all bed in and you know form an understanding together. And, and you could already be playing catch up by then. Yeah, it does look a little bit dicey for them, doesn't it? As for Lorient and Arras... But also, but also like, it's interesting how many have gone on free transfers. Yeah, I know it's that. Money on these players. Yeah, yeah, it's like literally, basically their entire... I think they've only got a fee for one player. I think it's Rattel got a fee going back to Brazil. But yeah, all of them have gone free. Even uh, Dejaguer, who was 32 and a bit older, he's gone to America. All free transfers. It uh, makes you wonder whom... Um, whom was was in charge of the decision making in terms of contract length, or more importantly, who didn't renegotiate them early enough? But um, it's Comely there. Is it Damien Comely? Damien Comely. Uh, he was, wasn't he? I don't know if he still is. Um, I will check that because yeah, he, he definitely was there, wasn't he, for a while? Um, I'm going to do that right now. Uh, Damien Comely. He's listed as a French coach, which amuses me slightly. He is indeed the current director of football at Toulouse. So there you go. Well, might not be for much longer. (laughs) One interesting thing relating to Toulouse was, of course, we all use the inverted commas Super Cup Mm. as the uh, curtain raiser for the season. So I was kind of confused that I couldn't work out when it was and didn't see it on the list. It's in January. Mm, Champion will be in January for, I presume, reasons related to PSG's. Japanese sojourn. Yeah. But and that's kind of weird. Mm. It seems a bit pointless, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. just call it a friendly and, you know, just... I, I, didn't, yeah. the host, didn't the host pull out in the last minute or something like that? I think yeah, that it was, was the suggestion, supposed yeah. to be overseas somewhere, obviously. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I didn't know why this had happened. So, ah, where was it supposed to be, Jess? Was it in Japan? I'm trying to remember. Because PSG were in Asia, weren't they? They were did a Chinese-Japanese tour, so I think it was supposed to be over there. It, it does seem, yeah. I am. And again, in the modern day of football, like surely could they? There must have been other teams touring at the time. Poland, maybe. Was it Poland? Okay, that's completely off off radar. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it will apparently happen. But um, yeah, and, and what what clubs always want is a new another fixture right after the winter break. I'm sure that's exactly what clubs want right the way through the season. But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, quick one on uh, on Rouse and, and Lorient, Jess. Uh, so Lorient have managed to keep Regis Labrie so far. He seems to have won the power struggle um, with the board there, which is obviously a good thing. They have lost Enzo Lefay. Hold me. I'm um, they're not playing in red and black. <laughs> give it time. <laughs> give it time. Save these players from acclimatising when Ren nicked them all next summer. Yeah, I know. But unlike Toulouse, um, you seem to have got some good money in for the um, well, yeah. Moffy 20... as well. Well, and, well Terra, two, two and a half. Terra Moffy was was confirmed this summer as well because that was always going to happen. But that was, yeah, 22 and a half, as you say. Lefay was 20 million, 8 million for Moritz Jens, I think he's transfer business of the year because they literally did nothing for Lorient. Um, but yeah, Roman Fev coming back on loan from Bournemouth, who we've now got this link up with, is interesting. Um, 
the, probably the biggest one though I have to raise this Jeff what, what did you make of Benjamin Mendy coming into Lauren because it's divided the fan base it's certainly divided uh, the English press obviously he left Manchester City now legally speaking he is a free man that you know the, the charges were leveled against him were uh, not proven in court um, we don't need to go into what they were um, do you feel like this is going to be uh, a bit of a playing with fire for Lorient you know we're a club that generally are quite well managed and you know well thought of is this going to be a bit of a situation where fans are going to make their thoughts known every time he pulls on the shirt or is it actually a very good coup for a lesser side pulling out what was a French international World Cup winner World um, Cup winner absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah I think I haven't followed the sort of legal side of it too closely because it's unpleasant it's not mm. but you know as you said not proven it's not even the same as not guilty and I think I, I don't think there's any doubt that you know from what did come out in the court case he's not exactly a pleasant person um and so yeah I suppose you have to say look he wasn't found guilty he, he was deserved. in fact found not guilty we're not in Scotland so, mm, yeah, true, yeah, but true. that obviously has implications in certain types of cases. And as Chris says, or as you say, what um, he actually testified to as his normal habits. Mm. Mm. So, I'd, yeah, I just, I, it's a difficult one. You want to sort of, you know, keep a reputation as a really nice, friendly family club. I'm not sure he's the type of player you should be signing. And I also don't believe that, you know, we didn't do anything. We didn't pick up the phone or anything like that until he was found not guilty. It all happened mm. so quickly that I I reckon they were in touch beforehand, which yeah. also leaves a bit of a nasty taste. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I can't really decide about that. I just... Put it this way, like I wouldn't have been particularly pleased to see him at, at Mess or Brighton, for example. Mm. Um, and then from the purely purely footballistic side, he was pretty injury prone beforehand and yeah. now hasn't played for a couple of hours. So just from that point of view, it's a bit of a risk as well. But mm. if he does get back to his best, he's a very good left back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's that's the quandary I have. And um Obviously, being an Arsenal fan, we we have another player who I'm, you know, <laughs> we can't say too much, but things happen in personal lives and you never quite know how to feel about it until, you know, cases are confirmed or not. And it's, it is always difficult. So benefit of the doubt in the eyes of the law, he's a free man. And that's kind of how we have to go about it. But it doesn't mean it's comfortable. What about Will Still and, and Ravs? Um, obviously, they've lost uh, the greatest striker that ever lived in Fuller and Balogun this summer. I am joking, of course, but his goals, 21 and 45, he got for them last season. They have brought in the Maltese legend, Teddy Tumor, which I'm delighted about, being a fan of all things Maltese. Um, he was very good for uh, Saint-Gilois in Belgium last year, and he's probably going to anchor the midfield, but also provide some goals. Um is that going to be the issue, though, Jez, for, for Will Still? Um, Diakite seems to be the replacement for Balogun coming in from Red Bull Salzburg, but it's going to be goals, isn't it, that's that's going to be the, the concern for Will Still and indeed his brother who's joined the coaching staff this summer? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it, a lot depends on sort of what we, 
what we learned from Will Still and his adaptability in terms of the, the style of play, I assume he'll he'll sort of set out to still play an entertaining type of football. As you th- said, I think Tuma is a is a an exciting, you know, decent kind of I don't know about playmaker. He's not an out and out number ten, but he certainly was a creative force at, at San Gilles. Reda Cadra, who didn't quite work out at Brighton, but or Sheffield United, but um, you know, there's attacking ability and excitement there. Um, but again, like I said before, you know, any striker who gets twenty goals, even if half of them were penalties, um, buys you a lot of points. So Balogun, that that's a big loss. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like they've got a couple of players who come in that are quite interesting. This is this lad they've signed but from uh decent, decent money as well. Like, yeah, yeah. You um Tuma three point six, Salama four, Kadra one point nine. Oh, Kumu was twelve, have, wasn't he? Yeah, Kumu was twelve. And that's again. the biggest one on that at the moment. Mm. So you'd think they they seem to be you know, um, doing the right things well because, of course, while Etiquette was at PSG last season on loan, they've got banked quite a lot from him. Mm. And might make some more as well. If he I wasn't, wasn't kind of expecting to make the mate nearly. So I think it looks like a lot of ins and outs, but when you filter that for all the loan returns mm. it's um it's uh an interesting one yeah i think Cajust is today joining napoli as well I'm just literally going to mention that you read my mind yeah um swedish international and he's a good little player as well so yeah that is another potential exit um and the lad i was thinking of was adama bojang which if they don't sing a sort of bojangles a song for him then they've missed something there but yeah he feels like a an interesting one to watch as a, a gambian international um and they've got josh wilson esplant from man city uh yet another one off that sort of production line of man city players who you'll probably never ever see play for city but be worth keeping an eye on just before we go back to Phil from Montpellier, Jess, can I just throw Claremont in as well? Because I, I don't, I don't want to alienate maybe the one Claremont listener we might have, but um, I feel like we can rope them into this little group. They had a brilliant season last season. Is it is it literally just going to be a case of can we survive again next season for for Claremont? Um, Gastien still in charge there, five years in the job. They look a fairly secure. Um, well-run club, quite a few outgoings, quite a few incomings, a lot of change there. Would you be concerned about them? Or again, do you feel like they're going to be falling into that bracket of established league and club next season? I they, I don't, I'm not sure they've lost that many of like their really established team from last year. Um, you know, Cowie often was a sort of match winner, but also kind of blew very hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a couple of the... the the players that they've brought in, I think um, Butoba was meant to be sort of one of those next big stars, sort of French Algerian, lazy comparisons to Zidane and, and Nasri and people like that. Um, you know, it's a chance for him to kind of rebuild his career a little bit. Uh, same for Keita, who, who didn't quite cut it at Lyon. Um, Pelma, who I, I think I vaguely remember being in one of those... Um, French Toulon teams that did well. Um, so I think, not that I want to compare every team to Angers, which would be pretty weird, but 
it feels like a sort of the Angers setup under Moulin, where everything kind of ticks along quite nicely um, under a, a coach who's kind of very happy and comfortable there. Um, you know, I think last year maybe was more than they could have expected. I'm not sure they'll, they'll finish as high, but I think they should have still enough about them or have kept enough about them since last year to to not not trouble the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm with you on that one. I feel like they'll, they'll probably be all right, or you know, 14th, 15th, somewhere in that bracket. Although we have to again remember that 18th and 17th go down this year, so maybe a bit higher. Um, right, I'm going to throw you another three then, Phil. Obviously Montpellier in this in this little box, and I'm also going to give you uh, Nice, and uh, I'm actually going to give you Monaco um, to rope those three in. Um, Montpellier, first of all, like we mentioned, Deliwahi is probably going to move on, which represents a bit of an issue in terms of goal scoring. Um, I'm looking at my list here and again, fair few out. Sadly, Valer Jamal is one of those. He's gone to Australia, bless him. Nice work if you I can get it. I was about to ask, where is MacArthur? Yes, yeah, it's, it's Australia. Um, L'Equipe don't have a page for that. There you go, the well, A-League. And they've lost Mavadidi as well to Leicester, who had a very good debut yes. at the weekend, I noticed. So, yeah. I think that uh, while he was obviously a key player who stepped up last season after his various other um, departures, and I don't think anybody hand on heart would have said they thought he was going to be that good. And so, yeah, he's going to go hopefully for big-ish money or big for Montpellier, um, and I don't think anyone's going to kind of begrudge him that move. So then you're thinking, well, who's going to take his place? And if you're getting rid of Mavadidi as well, who didn't play in every game, but did um, his ex-Arsenal, isn't he? Yeah. He um, is indeed. Yes. And Juventus, of course, yeah, famously. Right. Um, but I think Leicester will be a really good fit for him because obviously Leicester will be looking to come back up. Uh, Great not, role model in Jamie Vardy. Yeah, not uh, sure what uh, the money is there, but hopefully that's going to be reasonable. But the player they've got in, it looks like, to shore up that front line is Acor Adams from Lillestrom, who I believe is a Nigerian international. Um, so that hopefully will cover uh, a bit, but he's going to have to have an epic debut season to kind of match up to what's been lost. So I'd see this being maybe slow starts, get organised, pick up a bit, top half of the bottom half, I'm not expecting anything that's that's uh, exciting. <sighs> As if that's what happens. I feel your pain. Again, money, yeah. uh, your selling club. Yeah. So, I mean, um, a couple of years ago, Montpellier's budget was forty million. So, if they get that for Wahi, then. It's half a squad, and isn't it? That is, you know, in terms of return on investment and percentages and everything, pretty good. Yeah. But in terms of goals, pretty bad. So 
we're going to have to see there. It's going to be, yeah, and a bit, a bit uh, tight, I think. If, if you flip that then, and you, you're, when we're talking about selling clubs, let's mention Nice, um, they sold basically everyone. No, I, I, I joke slightly, but they also um, still don't have a coach. No, they. Well, this is it. This, this and this is why I put them into this box of you know who knows what's coming because um, if I if I list off Joe Bryan, Ross Barkley, Aaron Ramsey, Morgan Schneider, and Casper Dolberg, Andy Delore, Calvin Steng, all have left. Jeremy Boger has come in from Atalanta, who is you know, I think a pretty decent signing and Moffy was already there. Morgan Sanson also represents probably quite good business on loan from Villa. But as Jez mentioned, the coach, quote unquote, Francesco Farioli, he's very highly rated in Italy, but he's 34 years of age. Um, Ineos, I mean, we don't need to go down that particular dark alley again because we've done it to death, but they essentially came out in the week and said, patience, which I think is hilarious. Um, I actually, I forgot that they had a point to coach for some reason. Did you? I did but not only that, I thought he's, you um, <laughs> he's uh, one of uh, the Zerbi's sort of... He is. Yeah, he uh, is. And, and who knows? So it should be good football, but yeah. you need a team to do it with. Well, this, they this do is... have lots of good young players there that were sort of given chances-ish last year but just everything about the club was a bit of a mess so i think again it, you know the as you, you listed off those names there's there's again a lot of experience leaving there but mm. it's arguable how many of them were really committed to the cause anyway so i think i'd suggest that nice will maybe not challenge the european places but could still be good fun this year mm. Yeah, a few. I mean, a few. They have kept the likes of Kevin Turam to date, anyway. Um, uh, Bu Buani is 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 a player to really watch this season. I think if he if he gets chances, he was good last season. Claude Maurice is still there, but um, do you share that view, Phil and Nice? I mean, are they a bit of a basket case for you, or is there an interest there? As I, as you know, I do tend to try to avoid the transfer market because it normally doesn't end well for my so Denise. <laughs> um but yeah I you just don't really know what they're gonna do from one minute to the next. Mm. So you know hopefully this can be a season of solidity solidification sounds like a wrong the wrong word balance you know solidification balance yeah. Um, but, you know, they've got a lot of stuff going on. The off-pitch stuff is weird yeah. and it's all a bit confusing. So, yeah, I, all what Jess said. All a bit of a mess. Does that does Monaco fall into that box as well then? Because new oh. coach, Oli Hutter, um, again, fairly chunky amount of changes in the playing staff. They've lost Mbolo to an ACL which is why they're now looking at, at Balogun as well, if you believe the, the reports. Um, but yeah, a lot of turnover at, at Monaco. And Well, I think, again, money. Um, mm. The days of them flashing the cash are kind of over. But with Axel Dizassi going for, what, 45 million? Um, by the way, when I say numbers, they're in euros from the game. So 
obviously less in Sterling. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, it's, we used to see the Monaco list of transfers went on for pages because they had all the ins and outs with the Circle Burger and et cetera. And there's still some of that, but it's not half as bad as it used to be because they don't have that level of financial backing anymore. And maybe that actually will make it easier for Adi Hooker to, he won't have like random teenagers wandering the corridors for two weeks and then buggering off to Belgium. It might be slightly more organised. And remember, they did do very well last season, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Fell off a bit, didn't they? That was the problem. But yeah, I think, I uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but what they can manage with that roster is possibly not going to be, again, too um, exciting. Mm, yeah, they brought in... Hitzer can actually get these guys playing together and get them a bit more organised and less likely to be hit on the break and have ridiculous goalkeeper issues, <laughs> then, you know, it, it could work out fine. Yeah. So, again, this is a very kind of tricky one to call. Well, German Swiss keeper Philipp Corners replaced um, the returning Alexander Newball. He's gone back to Bayern Munich and Corners come I back think I could time. have replaced Newball. I think you could have, to be fair. I think if, <laughs> if, if you're paying 10 million for a goalkeeper, yeah, does suggest that they're taking that issue seriously. Yeah, I think they so, need to. Yeah, that should be. That and then um, hopefully will work out okay for them. But. Ooh. Who knows? Alizu is the replacement for Disarcy coming in from Southampton as well. At 24, that seems like fairly good business. 15 mil for him as well. Uh, we shall see how Adi Hooter gets on. Um, now, Jez has got to depart in the next 10 minutes. So, um, Phil, I am going to come back to you on these three clubs because there's a lot to talk about. But I'm going to give Jez um, the next few minutes on three of our big guns, um, those being PSG, OM, Marseille and Leon, um, I'm not even gonna cue you up, Jez. I'm Welcome just gonna back, let Jez. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Speci- I'm not gonna go into any specifics. I'm just gonna let you go down any route you wish for these three clubs. Uh, I have a suspicion I I might know where you might want to start, but the floor is yours. Uh, I don't, I don't know where to start. I'll start. I'll start with Leon, who I think are an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think at the end of last season, I was very, very suspicious about John Texter. I still am. You know, everything that's happened to the DNCG and, uh, you know, the fact that Lyon completely changed from what Olas presented at some point late last season, they completely changed their sort of project or whatever it was that they presented to the DNCG. The DNCG did, DNCG did not like it, have imposed big sort of, transfer limitations and salary limitations um there's lots of kind of uh unedifying uh kind of statements coming from Olas at one end and Texter and his new uh people at the other end 
uh, with Lekeep sort of very happy to kind of play the game, presumably for sales. Um, and in the meantime, everyone's forgetting about what should be happening on the pitch. They've been outbid for a couple of players. They're not scoring goals. They've had an awful preseason. Um, at the moment, Barkala and Lukeba are still there, but I'm sure Lukeba will ultimately go to Leipzig and Barkala. I think they'll do well to keep hold of him as well. Um, they still seem very reliant on Lacazette for goals. He had a fantastic season last season, but he's not getting any younger. Um, I, yeah, I worry for them. And at the end of their their last match, I can't remember who it was against, um, but it wasn't a great result. In the press conference, Laurent Blanc made a joke about, uh, you know, the important thing is next week's match against next week's opener against Strasbourg if we still have a manager by then. And I yeah. think it was like sort of a reference to a previous joke or an in-joke with a particular journalist who was there, but still. It's it not go down well, did it? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, you should have known better. But even if you're making jokes about that, it's a little bit worrying. Um, so I really worry about Lyon. I don't think, you know, I think they they were, I think like second or third in the league, just on 2023 results, but I don't feel like that momentum is going to carry on into into this season. Particularly, obviously, it depends who comes in or who leaves. Maitland Niles is interesting, but may take a while to settle. Coletta Saar, uh, whatever. <laughs> he's a to me, he's a sort of. You might disagree, but he reminds me of Sol Campbell in that he can be brilliant for 89 minutes, but if he makes one massive mistake, then it throws everything else out the window. So, I worry about him. I'm kind of excited to see Alvaro's come from Social just because he's apparently like two meters tall or something. I'm looking forward to seeing him running around the midfield, but generally, I worry for Leon. Marseille, probably of those three teams believe it or not, in a way, are kind of the most settled. I agree. In an accomplished coach, I think. They've obviously lost um, Payet, which yeah. means that at least all the rest of the team will be well fed, I guess. <laughs> the can- um, canteen is now free. Poor <laughs> <laughs> um, Dimitri. Kondogbia is, a, I think, you know, potentially very good signing. Um, I'm sure there's still more business to be done. Um Ismail Assar, brilliant signing. It's a bit of a surprise, but uh, that's a good signing. So I think they're actually quite well set, and I feel like they sort of they seem to have a kind of Chelsea model in that they have ridiculously short-term coaches who do well and then either leave or are got rid of before they start doing badly. Mm. Mm. Longer I wanted him as well, didn't he? This is his man. I think he wanted Marcelino all the the way through. So yeah, I think it could go well for them. PSG, I a big unknown. And it's funny, I saw um, some predictions for the Spanish table yesterday and loads of them had asterisks next to Real Madrid saying, mm. but it depends if they've got Mbappe or not. Yeah. And, uh, PSG, I think, in a way, they've been doing a lot of what we've sort of been crying out for them to do mm. for years. They've got rid of Messi, Neymar, finally realised he's completely unwanted. I actually saw a poll today from people saying, um, if Barcelona signed him again, do you think this would be a good move? And 60% said no, uh, which says a lot. But they've brought in some a decent number of decent players who aren't necessarily the most 
stellar, stellar names, but it's better thought out. You know, Lucas Hernandez, injury prone, but a very accomplished, versatile defender. Skriniar, the guy they wanted for a long time. Um, you know, Ugarte, by all accounts, very good. I know you're a big fan of, of Kang. Yeah, massive fan, yeah. Like um, I like, I've always liked Asensio, a bit injury prone, mm-hmm. a bit hot yeah. and cold, but I've always liked him. Ramos, a, a very decent striker. So I, I think it's better sort of joined up thinking, but, 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 but there's all the usual things, you know, mainly Mbappe, well, Neymar as well, will he still be there? Mbappe, can they really, really, really leave Mbappe rotting on the bench for a year? Sure. Um, you know, he was not invited to their preseason tour. He's not training with the first team, I think, at the moment. It's a mess. It's a mess PR-wise. Mm. Um, I think they think they're winning if they do that, but then they're still going to lose him on a free next year anyway. So ultimately, yeah. they do lose. Um, so, yeah, that there's still that. I like the fact that they've been playing youngsters, including Mbappe's brother, actually, oh, yeah. in the yeah. tour. But then they've always done that in the summer. We've always got excited that they're going to be embedded into the first team squad, and then they're not. So we'll wait on and see on that. And they sold Bichiabu, didn't they? To Leipzig in the summer as well. Yeah, I mean, that's good money. It's a shame. I'd have liked to have seen him loaned. Yeah, but same. as you said, could leave. I still, if Mbappe is not going to be there, I'd still like them to to have a bit more up front. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's the worst summer ever from them. I think it's a little bit more sensible than usual. But you know, there's also now more rumours about El Khalifi and and um, Campos falling out. So they're still all the same ridiculous fun and games off the pitch as well so. <laughs> tune in for the oh, next I exciting i genuinely can't even remember who their coach is anymore it's Luis enrique uh, for it. now anyway because there's rumors that he's also questioning his decisions but um well yeah so, you know he's, he's been questioned by the police yes yeah I like I like Enrique. I think he's a really good man and I, for him I hope they do very well but I think anyone taking that job is mad Oh, well, apart from the money, obviously. Yeah, poison chalice. Um, just before you go, simple yes or no answer. Does Kylian Mbappe join Real Madrid this summer? Yes. Or does he stay at PSG? No, he joins this summer. Joins this summer. Okay, interesting. Good stuff. Right, Jez, I know you need to dip out. Um, we will speak well, to you. I'm not saying it's connected, but Brighton haven't given anyone the number 10 shirt yet. Oh, well, I mean, done deal. <laughs> well, by that rhetoric, have we got a number nine? I don't think we have. Anyway, um, yeah, by that rhetoric, it's a done deal. Um, yeah, Jez, we'll be back with you next week then where we will have the first week's action underway. Um, so, yeah, thank you for, for popping on during the workday and we'll, um, we'll speak to you next week. Great. Thank you very much. And can you? Um, Phil, I wanted to just um, delve a little deeper onto those three clubs because I appreciate we've got a couple of other clubs to cover as well, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it as well. Um, can I just dip back to, actually, we'll stick with PSG first and then we'll dip back to Marseille and Leon in a second. Just following on from what Jez said there with PSG, I think he made a really good point in saying we, we've all been saying on this podcast for what seems like years, we just want PSG to do sensible business. And those signings, if you take away all of the Mbappe stuff, which I know is hard to do, on paper, they do look like good signings, don't they? Young, um, you know, impressionable players coming in from, you know, you look at like Kang and Lee from Monaco, from Mallorca, sorry, Ramos from Benfica. 
Agate from Sport from Sporting uh, Lisbon or Sporting Club de Portugal, whichever you prefer, they're not they're not glitz and glamour, Messi, Ramos, you know, high end, high profile players, are they? They're they're players that are coming in that can actually do a job, sort of to almost rebuild project PSG. Do, do you well, feel like they're going down we, the right route? Then? We hope so. Um, I don't watch a lot of Spanish or Portuguese football I have to admit so I don't know what these people are like but their profile does seem as you say a bit less Hollywood and a bit more Pinewood so you know that's and as you said um, on the Japanese tour Mbappe wasn't there but we did see some of the youth and I was watching occasional bits in between uh, World Cup games. Unfortunately, the Japanese tour didn't go particularly well. They drew nil-nil with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo Al Nasser, the ones who were trying to buy every fucking body. Um, They lost to um, Cerezo Osaka, they lost to Inter Milan and they only managed to win against Jean Book, who I believe are. Um, Jean Book Motors, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Very um, smaller end. So it was, it was very much a let's get people bedded in thing. I think the only ones of the new players that I actually watched was um, Scrinia from mm. Milan, who came into defence. Slightly confused to see that Laban Kazawa is He's still there, as is Draxler. PSG, how did that happen? Jeez. Um, but with Luca Hernandez coming in, not he might amble off at some point. So, you know, it's it does seem more sensible. It seems more kind of basic. A bit more prosaic, a bit more business-like than just, hey, look at shiny new thing. So, you know, hopefully that works out for them. But if the rumours are true about, obviously, Verratti getting a big offer as well. Yeah, I don't like that one. It feels a bit icky to me. There's going to be an awful lot of kind of reorganisation needed and yeah, I mean the the Mbappe senior thing is just ridiculous because I don't think he'd kind of down tools. They'd be dumb to put him on the bench, but this whole situation with the the Saudi money, which apparently PSG has um, accepted that Mbappe won't even speak to them. Yeah. You're, hope, you're kind of hoping he's doing an inverse Henderson here and just going, I'm not going there. Um, but he could also just be doing a fusing because it will ruin your day. Do you, do you know the thing that's weird about that? About the, the, the thing with the El with the El Nato, the, the bid from, was it, it was El Nasser, wasn't it? The yeah. thing that got me on that was if I'm Didier Deschamps, right? Um, purely from a, a Euros France perspective here, I'm in Killian's ear at this point. I'm saying, look, you, you don't need the hassle of PSG. Go, go over there. Um, 
put your feet up. You know, you literally they need to pay. Basically, said you can come here for a year and yeah, then leave. and we'll sell They're you to Real Madrid. Yeah. So, so the it only does risk, seem a bit desperate. The only risk, though, I suppose, is if he goes to a lesser league and he gets kicked up in the air every week. But then my argument would be, well, he gets kicked up in the air every week at league anyway. Yeah. So, like twenty five percent of the Saudi league is owned by the same. Exactly. So I say person, but that's wrong. Entity. I'm or, pretty sure a memo would go around saying if you injure. Kylian Mbappe. I, I don't even want to speculate what on what might history. happen if, <laughs> based yeah, on their so history of I don't think that's country. an issue. I think he, while he may appear at times to be a bit petulant, mm. he lives for football. He's, and... earned, he's earned that, hasn't he? I mean, it, yeah. I, I, you can you can keep your Harlands. You know, for me, he's the best player in the world. And, and if you're that good, you... This is, I guess, this is my question to you. Like, has he done anything wrong? This is the argument I've put out all summer. I, saying he's I don't not done think anything. He has. Wrong. I think um, I was listening to Andy Brassel on the continent recently. It's like PSG have got themselves into this situation yeah. by fucking up last season and the contract that they offered. And them was stupid. And Mbappe's just going, well, okay then. Mm. Um. So, no, I don't think he's doing anything wrong. No, me neither. Um, but it will be very interesting to see what happens because he, I think, would only go to Real Madrid. Mm. So if that doesn't happen, what does happen? I, I think I, think I can't does. see, they can't bench him. No, no. Well, well, I mean, if if they do, they're apps. I mean, I, th- I think the only way they can bench him is if they do bring in, for example, Colomani. They've got Ramos now. Um, that's the no, only way. No, even can do then, it. What, what's the point of having them on the pitch when you've got when you got him Mbappe yeah. on the bench? I and just I, doesn't make any sense, and it's entirely their own doing. And they see Liga as their guaranteed trophy every season, which is ridiculous in itself. They see Liga as a guarantee. Project PSG, Project Al-Khalifi is all been about winning the Champions League. You don't win the Champions League with two, um, you know, second oh. string strikers. With all due respect to Ramos and potentially Colomani, who I like a lot, but Mbappe is different level. I mean, he he literally but won if, games if on his own. Go into this season with these changes. If they don't have Ferrati, I mean, that's going yeah. to be He's an massive, issue yeah. as well. So. Do you honestly think they can win the Champions League next? No, no. I I, th- I think without yeah, Mbappe, they, no. I think without Mbappe, they struggle to get out of out the last sixteen. To be honest, I really do. And depending on the group, maybe even the group, because as good as they have a very, they arguably have a better squad this year. But as is the case with any club, if you rip it all up and start again. Players take time to form relationships, yep. to form cohesion. Yep. You, know, you can't just take a midfield out and say, right, you know, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Here's these new shiny toys. Off you go. You have to gel. It's, you know, and I would not be surprised. I mean, I think Lorient, bless them, are going to the Parc de Prince on Friday night. Um, you know, lambs to the slaughter or Saturday night, sorry. Um, but if there's ever a time to play PSG, I feel like let's get it done now because it, it's going to be a betting in process, not to mention the fact that Enrique is new to the job as well. I mean, there's so many things. Um, 
but that's PSG. What what about Marseille? Because two players we didn't mention when we were talking to Jez there is they finally have a centre forward who I'm rather familiar oh. with, one Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. He's 34 now, but he's done it in Ligue 1 before with with Saint Etienne. He knows the league well. He's back with his buddy Lacazette, which would be nice when those two meet up. Um, and Il- Ilman Ndai has come in from Sheffield United, who is a former Marseille player in his youth. They did a rather nice video of him. Uh, as a teenager in their youth ranks when he returned. He's 23. All of a sudden, Marseille might score some goals. They have a striker. Is is there a title race on if they get their, their shit together, so to speak? Well, I mean, there was last year. Thirdly, I suppose, yeah. Thanks um, to Lons, yeah. But I think Alba coming back is interesting. Now, obviously, he said he'd only come back to go to South Etienne, and that hasn't happened. But I think he's a good fit for Marseille. And by that, I mean the town and the fans as well as the team. In that he is of the kind of character that works there. Mm. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's that's going to be interesting. Ismail Asar, I we were a couple of years ago when we were doing Le 50. I mean, he's he's good. He's got everything, hasn't he? Pace, power. Malinowski. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some there's some really good uh, people coming in there, uh, which I think will yeah will will work out well for him. We should mention that the third qualifying round of the Champions League is this evening. Check yes, calendar Wednesday. Oh, it's National Women's Day in Sorry, that was on my calendar. Um, they're playing Panathinaikos. Yeah. They're away in the first leg. So, you know, obviously, they'll be hoping to get through that. Um, yeah, tough game. But it's, it's going to be going to be very interesting. Um, but, yeah, as you say, I think they've done some decent business here so mm. you know we we hope that as Jess was saying is Leon are a bit of a basket case at the moment <laughs> and Monaco look to be kind of I don't know service station by the side of a motorway rather than a fine dining establishment Yeah, that Marseille are the ones you'd look at to say okay let's go for it Mm. So. And if they get through that Panathinaikos tie, by the way, we already know that they'll play either Braga um, or uh, I can't remember the name of the team. I'm just going to look them up now. Um, oh, what are they? Oh, God. I'm looking up the team now because I can't remember what they're called. Their Serbian side. Uh, TSC. Uh, is it Topoplokia? Top Anyway, they're from Serbia. They lost 3-0 in the first leg to Braga. So I think it's fair to say Braga will be the opponents, which is no easy feat, by the way. If, and, you know, mm-hmm. away in Greece is not an easy tie for Marseille. So we will see. But yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously excited. We may have a title race and losing Alexis Sanchez is a bit of a blow. But then when you replace him with a Bamiyang, who, yeah, is probably on the lesser side of his career, but 
I feel like he might have a, a nice time in Liga at this stage of his career. I feel like he's he's still. If quick he's enough. got people on the wings who can do the running for. Yeah, which he has in in Saren and Dai, and and then factor in a, a newly fit again. I mean, Harit coming back potentially. I feel exactly. like there's yeah, I feel like there's enough there. Um, and then anything you want to add to what Joseph's saying about Leon? Because I mean, yeah, that the, the idea that they've uh. signed. Two of Southampton's <laughs> players who were relegated to bolster their defences yeah. and worry straight off the bat. Nah, I think we, we leave that for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like with them, it's going to be, as you say, wait and see, isn't it? You know, they've 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 let go of a few. We know Malagusto's gone. Dembele's now left. Hussamoir has finally gone. Thiago Mendes has left, which rather surprised me, but he's thirty-one now. And Malagusto, we knew Jerome Boateng has gone, so. Yeah, a lot of turnover at uh, Lyon. That brings us nicely on to a couple of others to round off the show then. Um, quick focus on these individually, because we might as well. Lille, um, quite exciting Lille, I think. Samuel Titi is back, which is yeah, lovely. I, I do. I think I saw an interview. because Was he on loan somewhere in uh, Italy last season? No, it's per- permanent. He was at... Um, uh, red and yellow team. What are they called? Oh God! I'll double check for you. But yeah, he was he was permanent transfer in in Italy last season. I know because it says Barcelona on the. Oh yeah, I think it started yeah. as a loan, um, and then he signed permanently. I I think but he. I, I saw this interview, and he's always been a very measured and articulate speaker about not just football, but kind of the practicalities of football Mm. and I just love him that wonderful sachet uh goal celebration yeah so it will be wonderful to have him back in Liga and smile as well I know nothing about the other players they brought in other than Hakon Arno Haraldson does mm-hmm. sound like a Viking but he's come from Copenhagen who has a good reputation for you know, delivering Scandi players. Hmm. Um, midfielder, yeah. I think the key thing for them is the whole Jonathan Terry David situation. Yeah. Well, the, the talk the talk is he's going to remain in... I think Fonseca came out in his press today and said that he's spoken well, to, to they, David and he's going to remain in the turned a couple of offers down because mm. the thing is, with Jonathan Bamba already going, yeah, Jonathan to is basically in pieces at the minute yeah. and but David was always the, the kind of key player there. Mm. So I think that's gonna be interesting. There's been very little talk about Remy Cabela, who of course won um yeah. player of the season last year. He mm. seems to be sticking around, which with his mate Jonas Martin off um will be important to manage to keep control of that midfield and as you said as you said before if you lose a whole midfield or a whole section of the pitch it's always a problem what mm. they seem to be doing is they might lose players in particular areas but they're not going to rebuild an entire section mm. and that's going to be useful so i i would hope that you know, this is good business. These have been scouted. What well, done? 
Copenhagen, Gymnasia La Plata, Estoril. The scouts are clearly not just looking at, you know, the big leagues. As the wide net. Mm. Um, so I think that's um, something that maybe we can put our fingers on. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they go. Um, but yeah, so, I think with Lille, you know, they they look hopefully solid to continue with what they managed last season and and kick on a bit more. Yeah. Fonseca still being there, of course, is a win as well, because there was talks that he might be uh, yep. looking at Italy as well. well. As we come on to the next club you want to talk about, yeah. managers Actually, still just, being there is, is, is key. Just one other quick thing on Lille, just before I forget, a quick nod to José Font, who's finally left France at the grand old age of 39. He's gone to Braga on a free, so he might play Marseille. Um, so I think fair play to him, what a servant. And also, did you notice a certain promotion from Ren B team that has joined Lille this summer? One Aaron Maluda, son of. Oh, really? Mm, 17-year-old Aaron Maluda, son of Florian, former French international Florian Maluda. So, yeah, there you go. Um, he is Sorry. in the Lille side. Well, That's what squad. I said about managers being younger than me early. When players you remember... When they're mm. kids now, yeah. it's like, oh, for fuck's Well, imagine, imagine if Ethan Mbappe works his way into the PSG first team. We're going to feel really old this year, because yeah, it still blows my mind sure that Mbappe's suddenly happen. 23. Like, where's that gone? Only but... 16. I know, yeah. Lovely hair as well. Um, so mm. from one team with some glorious second and third kits in Lille, we go to another one, which is Ren, who... Uh, Although oh, the rivals I was going to Lons because I made the Franquez joke. Uh, oh, we can go to Lons if you like. Yeah, we can go to Lons. Mm. Yeah, we can come back to Ren. Let's go to Lons then. Um, so yeah, Franquez is, is they've lost to Pender. They've lost Fafana. I I'm upset. Fafana. I am upset. I am bereft. I mean, mm. but Franquez is still there. Yeah. So hopefully. He can keep that spirit going. But mm. without those well, two main key players, that's yeah. just... The, the Openda one sad. is probably the big one, isn't it? Because of the goal. Yeah. I mean, we all love Seiko. Um, and part of me doesn't blame him because it's, you know, at his age at 28, it's great money, etc. But it, it just makes that contract signing feel a bit gross now, doesn't it? Like, you know, it was oh. such a big thing. And yeah, I just, yeah. But the Openda one to Leipzig, 43 million is a lot of money. 25 million they got for Fafana, yeah. so that's 65 million. Which is money they've been able to spend a bit more. Yeah. Fulgini is back. Yeah, Fulgini's back. Andy Diouf is, is very decent. Oh, He's oh, French has Senegal. He gone... Has he left again? I'm very confused. Uh, but... Andy Duf has come in for memory. I don't believe he's yes. he's gone anywhere. I think he's he's come in from Basel. I mean, Fulgini, has he gone back? To... Oh, Fulgini. Um, no, I think he I think he's a permanent now. I, I believe he was on loan last last season. I think I'm right in saying. I believe he's. They've permanent got now. the arrival and departure. Yeah, it's okay. a bit of a weird but one. No, experience I think is the other one. Obviously, lot. I think lots are going to obviously. Last season was a season of grace, as it were. Um, I think they're going to struggle this year because 
Champions League as well. They're going to have the Champions League as well. Mm -hmm. They've lost the key players. So I think that's going to be awkward. Keep an eye on Oscar Cortez as well, who they've signed from Millonaris in uh, Ecuador. Um, He's, I'm sorry, from Colombia. He's really exciting. Really exciting. He's He's a winger, kind of one of those like wiry, um, how would I describe him? A bit like Amin Harit, actually. But yeah, he's a really exciting winger. So I wonder if if he gets game time, he'll be one to watch. And we mentioned earlier on Stein Spearing's coming in from Toulouse. Um, another good signing, I think. Um, so yeah, a couple of couple of good um, couple of good signings, I think, coming in for for Lens. What do we meant? What do we we make of Ren? Because dare I say it, as a rival of Lorient, I think Ren might be in for a pretty good season. Or it could go horribly wrong and and uh, um, Pep Genesio could be out of a job. Because I feel like this season, he's got to go for it. There's a, a really good settled squad there. They've brought in Enzo Lefebvre, who we all know is the greatest midfielder in Liga history. Um, Ludovic Blas is a brilliant pickup from Nantes for 15 million euros, which I think is a bargain. Um, Ugo Chukwu has left. He's gone to Chelsea. He's probably going to come back to Strasbourg on loan. Who'd have thought? Um, and they've lost Jurassic. And I think there's a couple. Oh, Hamami Chirari, of course, the legendary captain of of uh, of Long, of Ren, Sorry, has now moved on. But that looks like a pretty good set of transfers coming in, doesn't it? And th- those two midfielders in Lafay and Blast that could be really good for Ren. Do you feel like they were in for a decent season ahead? Yeah. Yeah. So as you said, Ludovic Blas and. Enzo Lefay are really good people to bring in. I think given some of the weaknesses that uh, Ren had last season, um, some of the ones that have gone out don't seem like really big losses. No. Lord Baddy was already on loan at Sevilla, so he's gone there. Andy Duf was at Barb and he's gone there. So it just seems like, um, and same thing with uh, Gervasi, I believe, was already at Stuttgart and has gone there. So it's not that much that they've lost necessarily. So obviously, Toko can be. Um, but you know, this should be uh, an interesting season for them. Again, if they can push on um, and uh, do more with what they've got, you know, they've had a good, solid season last last time, and this will be an opportunity to go further. Because I think we all thought Ludovic Blasters definitely going to leave not if they went down but yeah. it was you know very very likely even if not stayed up because he's such a good player and 15, 15 million for him yeah he seems like a really good amount of money um to buy him for so i think they're they're look, looking good you know Genesio has had his ups and downs um, coaching-wise, but at Ren he seems to have found a good place 
to be that maybe doesn't have the same kind of off-pitch flummery um, that he's had to deal with before. So he can just get on and do his job. And that's, um, that's an interesting kind of situation. So it's going to be, I think, very interesting to see who makes a good start mm. in Liga. We've got the first round coming up this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I expect some teams to start slow. So if you can get ahead early on, then that really is going to help. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And yeah. I think Ren also after Nemanja Matic. Yeah, there is talk of that, yeah, which I feel like would be a good stability signing, especially mm. sort of in that, that, that engine room area. Um, yeah, their, their, their squad looks pretty pretty good to me. I think the only issue with with Ren, I guess, moving forwards is, is Martin Terrier returning. Like, does he return the same player after this injury? Because um, if they get back the Terrier that they had pre-injury, um, mm. then he, they've got a goal scorer there. I mean, he's almost converted, hasn't he, from a winger into a centre forward? And I think if he, I think he's a little bit away yet. Don't think he's actually come back yet. I still think he's he's rehabbing that injury. But um, if he comes back, any, I think he's due back at the end of September. But yeah, if they get him back and firing, and dare I say it, which is not here, I think it's safe to say it. Uh, Jeremy Doku, the YouTube compilations favourite. Um, again, he's another one that if, <laughs> if he's firing, then he's on his game. And then we're, we're not even mentioning Amin Guiri, who's still probably known as, along with Rayan Shirky, probably one of the most highly highly rated young talents in, in the French game. So, yeah, I feel like Ren could have a really good season ahead if everything clicks. Obviously, it's a big if. We shall, uh, we shall see. And as we mentioned, uh, it does look like Ugo Chukwu, who's gone to Chelsea, is probably going to come back on loan to Strasbourg via that um, project, quote-unquote. So he will may well be back. Um, so that is everybody. That is all the teams that we have previewed. We've given everyone a little bit of time. So uh, hopefully that satisfies. I'm, I'm still confused by this whole 18-team league thing. Yeah. I, I met, like, I'm just looking at the uh, schedule for the first game. Yeah, to only have nine matches, it just feels wrong. It's not neat. It does. You yeah. have to write, you know, two columns of five, and that would be fine. And, but and what's even more weird is three still go down. Well, technically, yeah, I mean three total, but there's two automatic relegation spots and one. Uh, there's still. Well, the they've one. just rejigged it to be um, eighteen eighteen. Yeah, have the playoff. But what I also thought was interesting. <clears throat> Is we're keeping all the same time slots in yes. So I was wondering if the Sunday lunchtime slot would be killed, but mm. obviously, you know, the Chinese market and everything. So we've still got the same uh list of slots on your regular um kind of weekend match day. They've just lost one of the um Sunday early afternoon. Uh, multiplex games so there'll be three in multiplex but all of the other um, slots stay the same so yeah and that's the same with UK coverage so for those who don't know I'm sure most do but BT Sport is now TNT Sports um, new name same terrible pundits 
uh, moving on. But um, yeah, their, their schedules are going to remain the same. So Liga will be, uh, or TNT Sports in the UK will be the home of Liga for the new season. So nothing changes for us. We get the Friday evening game, we get the Saturday evening game, then we get Sunday three lots. So we get the tw- or the mid midday game, quote unquote, um, the early afternoon slot and then the evening slots. And sometimes we also get a four o'clock one. So if there's a particularly bad Super Sunday Premier League game, then uh, you've got the option of Liga in that time as well. So that's what we get. So I should still be able to watch. If anything, I'll probably be able to watch more teams this year because there'll be less choice of of games to watch. Like less teams in the league means there'll be less um, clashed games, as it were. So hopefully we'll be able to watch a few more. Um, whilst I don't want to delve too deep into the great wide world of um, predictions written down, etc., it will be it'd be unfair not to just chew the fat a little bit about what we might see happening this season. Um, with Jez not here and it's just the two of us, I feel like we're both going to say PSG for the, the title. It uh, doesn't really surprise me to say that. Do you feel the yeah, same way? but yeah. I think Marseille are going to push them hard. I agree with you. Yeah, I actually think we're going to get three teams. I'm going to put Ren into that box as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for a three-way title race, um, European places. Any thoughts? If we if we assume PSG I win the league, then... don't don't. No. I have such a habit of jinxing things. Yeah, true. You'll have you have teams have supporters of teams after you. We even managed to jinx Haiti in the World Cup. <laughs> That's I... quite an achievement. So let's just not go there. But my Marseille fans, I am. Sure about this. This isn't just a brain fart. Yeah, I think they are going to push hard. Well, just so our listeners know how it works um, this season. So, champions obviously first place, automatic Champions League qualification. Second and third also go into the Champions League um, this season. The fourth place goes into the uh, Champions League playoffs for the following season. Fifth place is the European group stage for the Europa League and the qualification for the Europa Conference is sixth place. So France got up the 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 what's it called again? The the the, oh the um not classifications, the uh what's it called? Yeah, I know what you mean. Coefficient. Yes, coefficient, yes. Which is not how you should use them. So no, because obviously, um, as we mentioned, uh, OM are in the third qualifying round tonight because yeah. they finished third, and that was the the French al- allocation. Yeah. So, is it back up to four? Have we been? It's back up to four, but with a caveat. So the the top three automatically go into the group stages. Mm-hmm. And then fourth goes into the qualification. So Marseille, Marseille's route this year would have been through fourth place rather than third last year. So yeah, so we've got three guaranteed, um, uh, guaranteed Champions League group spots, and then fourth place will have to qualify. So that you is can tell fun. how how much I have been paying attention to. Oh, I had to look it up over the summer. Yeah, I, oh, I fabulous. Well, I had to double check myself. Yeah. I had no idea what's going on. So, yeah, yeah, I, I was the same. So a few transfers that I picked up on as well. I was like, really? He's gone there? Okay, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I think putting my head on the block, 
as the world's largest loudest motorbike goes past. I'm, I'm, I'm as we said, PSG for me win the league. I think Marseille and and Ren fill the second two spots. I'm actually going to put Lille into fourth. I feel like yep. Lille will be in a decent season. Um, somewhat controversially, I think Nice are going to surprise a few people. I don't know why. I just have an, an urge. Um, and I think Monaco will take the sixth spot, which sadly does mean that we are going to lose Lens from those top-end places. Um, and as for down the bottom, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier on, but for me, it's it's Nantes and Brest are the two that, I, that I'm really worried about. Um, mm. I do, I do think, like Jez said, Met, Mets and, and Lave, you just don't know, do you? Because they could go Clermont or they could go Folanger. You just, it's hard to judge until you've seen teams play <laughs> their, their transfer business. But I think Mets will struggle of the two. I think Lave might be fairly comfortable, like a Toulouse type of team. Um, and then I guess surprise of the season for me, it's got Leon written all over it for all the wrong reasons, hasn't it? Really, I mean. Uh, yeah. Well, I, they kind of surprised us last season. Yeah, with, I suppose. In, when in a bad in. way. Yeah. Uh, and it's, then kind of clawed their way back up a bit. Yeah. I, I feel like with Leon, it's not just off the pitch. It's it's also that squad. I think Jess touched on it. If they lose Lacazette for any prolonged period of time, and if Barcola does get sold, which, I mean, PSG have been linked with yeah. everybody at the moment, but there just isn't goals in that team without Lacazette is there and that's the worry um Shirky is another one who like Chelsea have had a sniff but it feels like he's going to stay for another season but he's not a goal scoring midfielder is he he's a creator so that's the worry I would have for Leon fans and and again how long is Laurent Blanc there before he says nah I'm done with this and <laughs> I'm off but um I don't think Leon will be in any danger of going down or anything stupid like that but I, I think it might be a long season ahead for our our friends in, in, in the Leon supporting half of the country, but I guess we'll see. Um, did you want to, should we just give a, a very, very brief nod to League 2? Because that's underway. We can just give it a nod, can't we? Um, yeah, and uh, they put... Um, oh, we should talk soft, uh, shouldn't we? Yeah. The, a schedule up and... Mm. They had Saint Etienne Grenoble as the opening game, and Grenoble trod on everyone's puppy by winning that one nil. And then on Monday, Pow, 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 three, hammered Bordeaux three nil. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's looking for another difficult season ahead. For the two big guns in Liga, yeah. and you know who knows uh, what might happen there. There were some big scorelines: two away wins by four goals to one, Auxerre yeah. at Valenciennes and Gangon at Annecy. Yeah. So yeah, we could see some. We definitely will see some interesting results in Liga. But yeah, Saint Etienne and Bordeaux not off to the best starts. No, and big changes after, for both in the summer after as well. um, the first the first round. So. Yeah, we touched on it earlier on Bordeaux still in league there because of that on pitch scrap with uh, the the uh, the Rodeo but player. Still and... went down. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, well, well, well. Honestly, I mean, we're... I'm imagining they're trying to sue some. 
but I cannot remember who it was. It'll be a monetary situation now, though, won't it? Because obviously the clubs have settled into the leagues now. But yeah, I think those stories will rumble on. But the big one that broke over the summer was the financial mismanagement of Socho, who have since been relegated to the third tier of, of France. And that meant Annecy survived. So Annecy were locked in this legal dispute with Rode about who was going to go down because they were due to be relegated. But because of Socho, um, essentially yeah, being... because that was it. Annecy were going to go down. Yeah. They were, and they would have, I presume, sued, but because yeah. Socho have gone down, who were ninth last Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or they finished yeah. on a terrible one. Yeah. Um, Annecy is safe and yeah. they took their place. So... And what a shame for Sasha, who are one of France's, you know, bigger names and obviously we know about their links to the, the Peugeot family and, and there was talk that they were going to try and buy their way back in. Um, what a fall from grace. I mean, that it's right up there with Bastia, isn't it, in terms of a big name that's yeah. dropping down the division. So, um, but yeah. if you look at Bastia, fourth last season. Yeah, they're on their way back. They... You cannot keep a bad team down. And I mean bad in a bad boys kind of way. And and you know that if they ever get promoted, somehow Yannick Kozak will turn up again somehow in their midfield and or slash defence <laughs> anchoring. You just know he's gonna be there. He'll probably manage them at some point. Um but yeah, yeah, it's interesting times ahead. Um Excellent. Okay. Well, I feel like we've we've done plenty there. We, we've got a bit longer today because obviously we've got a lot to get through. So um, just to give you guys and girls a heads up on what we're going to do for the season. So the plan is that we will be with you each and every week, obviously, subject to illnesses and work. And uh, hopefully there's no more pandemics to deal with this year. That'd be nice. But um, yeah, yeah, subject to anything going catastrophically wrong, we will aim to be with you uh, every week um we're also going to try and get more of a schedule this this year to try and fit them in sort of on a monday as best we can uh to, to sort of go back up the weekend's action um a few other changes that are probably going to come up um, we're going to try and get a few more guests this year as well um, integrate a few more of our listenership into the into the group um and as always we did get a tweet actually um, from one of our listeners who was keen to know whether we were going to be recording a season preview. So uh, um, I dropped him or her a reply um, and I'm going to give them a shout out. It was um, Geiska uh, at Geiska6. Um, and he said, thanks. Uh, I think it's a he. I'm just going to double check. It is a he. It's a gentleman. What a, what a good looking chap you are, by the way, sir, if that's you. Um, so thank you, Geiska, for the uh, for the tweet. Oh, Chris has another football Oh, he's, he's a very good-looking chap. If that, if that is Guy Scarina's picture, he's a he's a dashing young chap. So, uh, yeah, thank you, guys, for getting in touch. And, yeah, if you do want to get in touch with us, um, we are at, 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 we are at French FT Weekly on Twitter. Um, oh, just a little thing on that. Um, yes. Our admin. You know that at the end of lo- um, last year, we shut down the website because we frankly didn't have the time uh, to do it justice. Um, we did sell the uh, the website address to somebody. Um, they have previously been using our socials on their website. We asked them to stop. They have done. 
So you can find us on Twitter at yeah. French FT Weekly, as Chris says. Obviously, you can find us on SoundCloud, and that's where we host the, the pods. But the FrenchFootballWeekly.com website now is no longer anything to do with us. So if, like several other people, you want to get in touch to uh, with legal issues, then it's not us. Yes. So basically, we are going to be tweeting and podding and keeping in touch with all of you. But unfortunately, no longer articles on the website which is no longer anything to do with us and we should say to to all those out there who still write and blog um it's a it's a wonderful medium and i still enjoy reading people's pieces just as as phil said the way of the world is now and the time restrictions that we all work and we all have commitments in life and um the the digital format of spoken word is far easier and quicker to get out um these days and record so yeah but some of it like john mainland our cup specialist is on facebook if you go to uh john mainland sports writing from memory uh that's where you can find out all about uh coupe de france early rounds and so obviously we will keep sharing stuff that we see through twitter um that we think you'd be interested in and love to get your feedback and pass it on as necessary. Absolutely. And I think I speak for us both when I say if John ever fancies popping on for a, a little segment to have a chat to us, he's more than welcome as well. So well, I think in December we're going to be calling him up to find out who's going to be <laughs> in who's <laughs> going to be in the next round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah we'll definitely Limoges, yeah. Limoges heavy. Um, yes today on the uh, on uh, coverage there. absolutely and, and we'll be unveiling our new uh, our new signing uh, mr k mbappe because uh, he's probably going to have a few free spare weeks upcoming so we'll have him on as a guest as well uh, <laughs> in the upcoming season but yes we will there will be some changes uh, we might have a little chat internally about a few bits and bobs as well um, that won't affect the listenership, but they just might affect um, you know, some of the, the wording or names of things and whatnot. But basically the pod will remain the same. So uh, for those of you who like us, thank you very much. For those of you who don't, you're not listening anyway, so who cares? Um, <laughs> again, in all seriousness, uh, we do appreciate the support and, and yeah, feedback as well, um, good or bad. Uh, we've got thick skins, but um, largely it has been. I don't. Well, I, be mean to Chris. Send, send it to our Twitter and I'll reply to you. I'll, I'll give you some stick. But no, in all seriousness, um, yeah, you, you can follow the, the, the account, whether it's called Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called. Um, we will be aiming to, uh, I think we're going to pin the most recent episode to the top of the podcast on the Twitter page. Um, and we'll try and interact a little bit more this year with your questions. So um, we'll, we'll go back to using the hashtag if people have got questions. And uh, hopefully we'll meet some new friends along the way. So good stuff. Um, long season ahead, Phil. Um, so we'll we'll buckle in and uh, see what happens. But um, I'm looking forward to it. You excited, Friday? I'm nervous. Yeah. Because Montpellier open their season against Le Havre. They do. So I'm guessing that could be... You know, a great start for love. 
Yeah. I mean, you could be worse. You could be could be us, Loriana away at PSG on Saturday night. So I mean, you know, I actually we actually haven't run down the fixtures. Um and if you have got Friday evening free, might be worth tuning into Nice against Lille to mm. start the season because that'll be a tasty little morsel. Uh, Marseille host Ravs on the four o'clock game on Saturday. PSG Lorient, as I mentioned, is the eight, eight o'clock game on Saturday evening. Uh, Brest open up against Lons on the 12 midday on Sunday. Then you've got the multiplex games of Clermont, Monaco, not to lose Montpellier, Lave, as Phil said. And then Rennes face Metz. That's the Rich Chess Derby on 4 4.05 p.m. on um, Sunday afternoon. And 7.45, remember, not eight o'clock, 7.45 on Sunday night. Strasbourg against Lyon, which is always quite a fun watch as well. So um, the most important game will be France versus Australia on Saturday morning, Saturday. which nine o'clock my time, so that's eight o'clock your time. Eight o'clock UK, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's BBC Get up, TV. Have a good breakfast and watch. Sam Kerr versus Wendy Renner. <laughs> yes, indeed. Good stuff. We wish the uh, the French ladies all the best. So well, that is it. That is our season preview. Um, I hope you have enjoyed. Uh, as I say, do get in touch ahead of next week's show if you follow a team. Uh, and one thing I'm going to put out, gonna put out a plea, actually. Anybody who is new to our listenership or, or maybe not, maybe you've listened for a while, but you've just adopted a French team, you've just started following a team get in touch with us ahead of next week's show let us know who you're following and why because i'm always intrigued especially when people from different countries you know adopt a french team or for whatever reason it might just be that you like a player or a kit in my case but uh yeah if you are new to the podcast or a new follower (laughs) you never know do you people follow clubs for all different reasons but uh say again i live here you you do yeah i you have a reason. Team. You you have a reason. And to be fair, Jets Jets Jez has been a long term Mets fan. And uh, in fairness, Uh-oh. I followed Lorion since Ali Adier was there. So I mean, that's a long old time. So, <laughs> but anyway, oh, our love for the for the French game will continue. But uh, yeah, if you are new and you found a new club, uh, or the league in general, let us know who you are, and we will give you a little little nudge on next week's show. Um, but that is it um, on behalf of Jez thank you to him for his time today and uh, Phil thank you for putting in the overtime today because it's uh, thank mid- you. middle of the day here in the UK or early afternoon I'm unemployed but it doesn't fucking yeah, and I'm day off that's my excuse <laughs> but uh, normal schedule will resume next week so uh, thank you all for listening much appreciated uh, here's to a fun league season ahead and best of luck to the female players as the France women go into that crucial game with Australia, as Phil said. So thank you, Phil. Enjoy the game and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, once again, thanks for all of you for tuning in. We appreciate the support. Uh, Keep it locked onto the podcast and we will speak to you very soon. Enjoy your French football.